0: Our sermon lesson this morning is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, and we will read together verses 20 through, 22 through 26. The text is on the screen. Please read with me. While they were eating, he took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, And all of them drank from it. He said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Friends, God always blesses the reading and the hearing of the word. My guess is that every one of you have either an iPhone, an iPod, or an iPad. It's amazing. You know, they came out with an iPhone 5 not too long ago, just a few days ago. They sold out. 90 million of them sold out. 83% of the people who bought new iPhones had old iPhones, and so they liked the product enough they wanted to upgrade. There you have it. Okay, now what does the I stand for? The I... Stands for what? Internet? Inspire? Instruct? Inform? I really don't know. (laughs) I know this, though. Steve Jobs was an extraordinary individual. His creativity was amazing. He was extraordinary in his vision. He built an amazing company, an amazing product. He put together the iCloud. Now, I have no idea what the iCloud is, but all I know is there's an iCloud or something like that that somehow hooks together all the Apple products. Extraordinary. But let me point this out. This is an extraordinary table. This is World Communion Sunday. People all over the world have already celebrated the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And by the time we go to bed tonight, there will still be people celebrating the Lord's Supper. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. That was his mandate. Do this in remembrance of me. And what he did was take very common elements, ordinary crushed grain and ordinary crushed grapes. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And afterwards he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. That's the mandate. Now we do not believe in transubstantiation. In other words where the bread somehow becomes the actual body of Christ. Or where the cup, the juice, the wine, Welch's grape juice. Methodists love that. And Presbyterians kind of go, oh why? But We don't believe that the grape juice or the wine suddenly becomes the blood of Christ. That's transubstantiation, a crossing of the substances. We don't believe that. We believe Jesus wanted us to be reminded of the body broken on the cross and the blood shed on the cross. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Isn't it interesting? He used a very common element. There are two staples in the world. One is water and one is bread. And no matter what culture you go into, they have various forms of bread. And there are all kinds of breads. In our case, bagels, cornbread, donuts. Did you know donuts are bread? Sure. Then there's flatbread. There's fried bread. There's fruit bread. Add to that rye bread, pretzels. And then there's sweet bread, soda bread, unleavened bread. There's all kinds of breads. And it's always a mixture of grains and flour, yeast, water, salt, in some form or fashion, and some people add extra ingredients to all of that. But that's the bread, the bread of life. We are dependent on these staples, water and bread. And some people fry their bread, some bake their bread, some put their bread bread on a griddle or a grill. Nevertheless, when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, He used an element that was common to everyone. And then he said, when when it came to the cup, he said, the cup is important to us because it represents his covenant of grace with us. Hebrews chapter 9 says this, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. In other words, there is no forgiveness. And that's why the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary was so important. No longer do we have to bring bulls to worship. No longer do we have to slay sheep for worship. No longer do we kill goats in order to sacrifice their blood and get God's attention. The sacrificial system is over. On the cross of Calvary, you remember Jesus cried out, It is finished. What was finished? The sacrificial system was finished. He covered it for us in the cross of Calvary. No longer does there have to be the shedding of blood for the remission of sins. In Jesus Christ, that sacrifice was complete. There is mystery in all of this. It's not just bread and juice. There is real mystery because acceptance, confession, forgiveness, repentance, brings peace. There's mystery in that. How does that happen? All I know is that it works. Acceptance, confession, repentance, forgiveness, and peace. It works. And it puts us in a special place in relationship to the Lord. We call this the Lord's table or the Holy Communion table. This is not an altar. It is not an altar. It is indeed a holy table where we take seriously the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Holy communion is not just to jack up our memory. There is something of power in this. Wholeness comes. And you may recall that in Isaiah 53 it says, By his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. What stripes are they talking about? The stripes have to do with the lacerations on the back of Jesus when he was beaten before he was placed on the cross. By his stripes we are healed. There is wholeness here and healing for body, mind, and spirit. So it's not just a matter of taking a little piece of bread and dipping it in the cup. There's much more to it. The USA, we represent 5% of the world's population. Yet we consume 50% of all the prescription drugs in the world. 50%. I'll tell you what's also sad. Is our leading causes of death are self-imposed. Did you hear that? Our leading causes of death are self-imposed. Alcohol. Drug abuse. Environmental cancer. Obesity. STDs. Stress and violence. Have you ever driven on the Autobahn in Germany? Now that's a kick. Because there are no speed limits. And Californians would love that. (laughs) There are no speed limits and the signs simply say drive appropriately. Isn't that wonderful? Drive appropriately doesn't mean a thing. You can just let it fly. Drive appropriately. So you can be sailing along the Autobahn. And in your rear view mirror you see one of those Mercedes coming up behind you. And they just go by you like you're standing still. 120, 130 miles an hour. Drive appropriately? That's too vague to be enforced. And the truth is, the whole thing is void for its vagueness. But there's nothing vague about the intent of this table. We say that the sacrament is an outward sign of an inner work of grace. You are welcome to participate in the sacrament of Holy Communion if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. There are no fences around this table. And this is not Dave's table. It is indeed the Lord's table. And if your faith is in Christ, you are invited to participate in the sacrament. And the significance is not the bread and the juice. That's not what's important. It's the Holy Spirit taking those things and reminding us of the grace that has been extended to us through the cross of Calvary. That's the important thing. And what we need to remember is that the power of the risen Christ challenges all other authorities, culture, church, ego. The scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and come alive to righteousness. There are 78 million millennials in the United States. 78 million. These are people who were born between 1980 and 1991. Millennials. And of the millennials, only about 13% give any credence to religion at all. They're, in essence, basically indifference, indifferent to religion. And their watchword is really whatever. Whatever. You ever hear that? Whatever. We have to remember in dealing with millennials that Bert and Ernie are about the same age as their parents. That an automatic is really a weapon, not a transmission. That their computers have always fit in their backpacks. And add to that, that Fox has always been a network of choice. Wow. Change for millennials is a constant. They don't really believe in absolutes. The only absolute they'll buy into is that of change. So change is indeed a constant for them. And you realize that here in Los Angeles, Christianity is really a foreign religion. And you realize that in Los Angeles, very few people actually attend Christian worship of any kind or any flavor we have a challenge on our hands. What I want to say to you is that in Jesus Christ, events are altered, lives are changed, relationships are healed, and love proves stronger than hate. I've seen it over and over again. There is something extraordinary about Christianity. It rescues and redeems millions of people on a daily basis. And I've seen it I believe it. It is extraordinary. The Christian faith rescues and redeems millions of people on a daily basis from aching hunger, from hopelessness, from homelessness, from poverty. It rescues and redeems millions of people from the ravages of abuse, abuse of all kinds, disease, ignorance, rape, slavery, and torture. That's the power of the Christian faith. Linda and I are blessed to have some folks we claim as friends, Marilyn and Jack DeBoer. Jack is an entrepreneur. He's been very successful in a variety of ways. Um, He put together all the residence inns that are all over America. He put uh, together all the Candlewood suites and all of the Summerfield suites. And he since sold them to a number of major corporations. And of course, it put some change in his pocket. Jack is an amazing entrepreneur. But he and his wife were in Burma in the 80s. Now Burma today is called Myanmar. But back in the 80s, it was known as Burma. And they visited there. It was a very primitive country. And he said, of all the children in that country, half of them died before age five. They died before age five, half of them, because of dysentery and malaria. Two diseases that can be handled by, easily by the medical community in this country. And he had a passion for this. He was very touched by that. So he went to the leaders of Burma and he said I can bring some people in here that will help your children. And they said we don't have any NGOs, non-governmental organizations. We don't welcome any of those. None. They had none. And he said well I know this outfit called World Vision. And World Vision Is a Christian organization, but it takes seriously people's physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. And he said, if you'll let World Vision in, we will help your children, and I'll make sure that happens for you. It won't cost you anything. Today, there are over 800 World Vision employees in Myanmar. And these folks are doing an amazing job, and old Jack underwrites it. But let me tell you what happened last year. 40,000 children were in their clinics 40,000. And they have fly-proof latrines at all the schools in Myanmar today because of World Vision. 65 wells were drilled last year. And there are over 40 NGOs, non-governmental organizations, over 40 of those that are now in Myanmar. And they have four HIV AIDS clinics that last year serviced over 20,000 people. Friends, listen. Christianity is extraordinary. It rescues and redeems millions of people on a regular basis. A millennial asked a pastor friend of mine this. He said, I've heard a lot about Jesus. If I come and hang out at your church, will I meet some people that are like Jesus? Now, how about that? If I come and hang out at Bel Air Presbyterian Church, will I meet some people that are like Jesus? That's really the question. Years ago, Linda and I served First Presbyterian Church in Flushing Queens, part of New York City. In that congregation, there was a substantial group of folks from Scotland. Now, they think Scotland's the Holy Land. They don't know there's another choice. But anyway, they think Scotland's the Holy Land, so everything about Scotland is perfect. Well, the sacrament of Holy Communion was very important to them and it had to be observed in just such a way. And so the, the uh, wives of these old Scots would make shortbread for the bread on the communion table. Now there were no seconds. <laughs> but the shortbread was very good and people loved participating in communion because of the shortbread, not because of the significance of the sacrament. But there was one of these old boys from Scotland named Donald Mackay. He still had a very thick accent. If you didn't listen carefully, you wouldn't understand it. But Donald Mackay was a super craftsman, super craftsman. And he made shoe trees, shoe trees for high-end retailers and shoe trees to go in people's riding boots. He was really good at it. And he had a very successful business. And I noticed Mackay never participated in the Sacrament of Holy Communion. So I asked him one day, Mekhi, what's the deal? You don't participate in the sacrament? Ach, he said, I am not worthy. I am not worthy. None of us are. The point of the table is that we are embraced by God's grace. We don't earn anything. We are embraced by God's grace. Grace is God's unconditional love for those who don't deserve it. Amen. Let us pray. O oh God, in just a few moments we have the opportunity to participate in this sacrament. May it truly be an external expression of what has transpired inside us because of your spirit. Forgive us of our sins, embrace us with your grace, and release us to serve you well. We ask O oh God your continued blessing on These dear friends, these families, these children, and this great congregation. Guide our pastor nominating committee and lead them to the right person for us. Now, oh God, meet us in this sacrament. You know our special needs. Some of us come with great confidence because of our prayer life. Some of us come out of great distress. Some of us come in need of a healing touch. Body, mind, and spirit, meet us, we pray, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.